Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello again and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly, author of the book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness and running this Money Tips podcast for the last couple of years now. Uh, I, I live in London where the, the property market is is going crazy at the moment, partly due to the, the fact that there is a stamp duty holiday currently. It started last year. It was extended until the end of June. It was supposed to end in March. The government extended it for a further three months. So that means for people who are not in the UK, uh, they will not pay a tax called stamp duty, uh, which is a, a basically a ludicrous rip-off tax you pay when you buy a property. Like you buy a property, you're taking your yourself off the government housing list. You buy your own property, and the government says, "Thank you very much. We're going to tax you for that." And th- these this tax can be quite substantial. On an average property in the London area, say half a million, you know, people are paying tens of thousands of pounds. On, on this sort of tax. So what they've said is <clears throat> up to half a million pounds free and then it's tapered from there. And investors who buy property to give housing to other people to help the government again, they pay an extra 3% levy on top of the normal stamp duty. So somebody buying a property for, I don't know, last year, 550 odd thousand, uh, which, which along with a partner I invested in, we, we paid something like £34,000, £34,000 in, in stamp duty tax, which used to be a duty paid to stamp the, the 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 deeds and say, this is a stamp, it's like a duty to show that it's been paid. It used to be like 1%, or I think it was even less at one point. And it, it's, a, it's a ludicrous, uh, obscene tax, I'd say. But anyway, they've got this holiday on to, to try and uh, get the market boost. And that ends in June. Now, there's evidence that with buyers rushing to beat this deadline, that they're paying so much for the property that they're not saving any money at all. Because if they're they're going out and trying to save £10,000 on on tax, but paying, say, 50000 over the top for the property, what's the point? It it doesn't make sense. And, um, you know, property prices have really hit an all-time high, despite the fact that we've just been through the worst recession in 300 years. There's... Uh, unemployment is up by about 70%. Uh, millions of people are still not even sure about their jobs. Uh, city centres are dying because people are working from home. So in certain sectors, it's it's dire out there. I know that the economy has started to open up. But yeah, pubs and restaurants and cafes can open if they've got seating outside and if it's not raining, which it normally is in the UK. Sorry to be a doubter here, but it, it's a difficult situation. And yet property prices are still going up. People are still rushing to buy and scrambling to buy. Uh, there are trends that people want to move out of the cities and, and there's that to it. But, you know, in one example on the BBC, I, I was listening to a debate on this on, on a program called You and Yours. It's a consumer program. Uh, someone was saying that a house that was sold last year for 325000 uh, during the first lockdown is now on the market for 400000 and several buyers are, are, are scrambling to buy it, literally. So, I mean, that's ludicrous. The same house, you know, um, gone up by all that amount in, in just, you know, it's almost gone up by a third in, in less than a year because people are so desperate to buy. And, you know, 
and couples are struggling to buy it, you know, and, and they're scrambling. It's really a seller's market. And it's always difficult to buy in a seller's market because then, you know, you can't go in and put sensible offers in. You you know, you're at their mercy. Uh, you know, if you say to an agent, well, I'll put an offer in for this. He, the agent is more or less saying to you, there's no point in putting that offer in. They won't accept that. Uh, if you want to be taken seriously, you have to offer the asking price. And then you have to prove this and prove that and prove the other. And then if, you, if you've got a guaranteed mortgage, we might consider you. It's, it's ludicrous. That's not the, the situation I like to be a buyer. In that, in that kind of market, I don't want to buy anything in that sort of scramble. I've seen it before. I've seen this before at the end of the, the 80s when there was a bubble. Um, I'll just briefly tell you a story. A partner and I bought a flat. And uh, I, I think the flat was around uh, £50,000 we bought it for. And then less than six months later, we put it on the market uh, for 70,000 and people were outbidding each other. We got 71,000 for it. And this was at a time when the government had uh, changed tax relief. And they were, they said, we've got until, I think it was September until this, this type of tax, I won't go into the whole story, but it was a type of tax relief you used to get on mortgage repayments. Yes, they used to give you tax relief like they do in America. They stopped that. You used to get tax relief on a mortgage. Uh, and they were changing the way it was done. And people were again scrambling to, to beat this deadline and they paid £70,000. So it was it was almost like a 50% profit in, in less than six months. And then at the end of that period, the market just collapsed and it stayed low for, I, I think it stayed low for five or six years. And it really dropped like a sudden. The stock market went down. It was at that time when you had, um, you know, this Black Friday and the stock market collapse is one of the worst stock market collapses ever. And uh, it took years to recover. You know, literally the, the, the market took years and people were saying it won't recover for 20 years and all that sort of thing. And it was very difficult. Lenders drew their horns in. You couldn't borrow money. So it was, it was a bad time. And that was a similar situation to now. People were scrambling to buy. So just watch out there. I, I mean, even on auctions, I've seen auction properties go for crazy prices. I saw this dilapidated property at a, a, an auction a couple of months ago, and it was literally burned out. It was terrible. You, you looked inside, all the walls were black with smoke and you couldn't even, it was all, had these steel shutters up outside. It was, it was an awful property. Needed, I, I say, everything done to it. And if you're going to start extending it and that's when you could spend 100, 150,000 pounds. The, the property was on the market, a guide, a sort of guide reserve for around about 400,000. I was interested in it. Do you know what it went for? It went for 200,000 over that. It went for over 600,000 and people were trying to outbid each other. And, you know, you could buy a property in that street already done up, already nicely kitted out for that sort of money. So why would you want to buy dilapidated property for 600,000 and then pay all the stamp duty, you know, 50 odd thousand, then maybe spend 100 to 150,000 pounds on it? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Unless maybe you, that's your dream house. You're going to live there. That's a different story. But most of the people at auctions are are investors looking to, to turn and flip a property. But at these prices, it doesn't make sense. I've seen lots of examples of that, of crazy prices. People buying properties without all the information in the in the the, the pack, the seller pack, the legal pack that tells you whether this property has cladding that's dangerous and, and needs to be removed. Nothing about that. They still bought it. They, they just went ahead with it and bought it. And it's buyer beware at an auction. Now, mortgages are also proven to be a challenge now. Lenders are nervous. Of course they are. Why would they just want to lend out to people that may not have a job in, in six months time? So, you know, that, that's been a problem for people. Uh, surveyors are booked up for weeks as lenders are becoming choosy. 
uh, as well. Councils are struggling to get all of the legal documents out, the searches and that sort of thing. Solicitors are literally up to there. My, my local solicitor's working six days a week and, until eight at night, and he's 71 years old. Um, and, and some sellers now are saying, well, we'll take a lower cash offer. Here's an, here's a, a, an opportunity. A lo- I'd rather take a lower cash offer from a cash buyer than risk somebody trying to get a mortgage and then, you know, maybe goes into April and May and, and then they, they their mortgage is refused, then they've got no chance of selling it before the, the June deadline. So it, it is, uh, it's, a, it's a tough situation for, for buyers at the moment, but I, I don't think people should be panicked into buying it just to save a few thousand pounds on stamp duty. Now, stock markets and cryptocurrencies have also hit new highs, crazy highs, and buyers are jumping on this bull market bandwagon, you know, for fear of missing out that FOMO that, and, and it's almost like this, the FOMO is affecting people. You've got to buy, got to buy because the stamp duty, I've got to, we've got to save £5,000. I want to say, I want to spend, I don't care if it's 100000 more, it will save us five, ten thousand £10,000 on stamp duty. It doesn't make sense. It's just, and, and in my experience, these sort of bubbles have always ended in tears. They've always burst and it leads to, to market crashes and, and long-term losses for people. And, and you might even see negative equity coming back. So there you go. The, I mean, look at American stock market. The Dow Jones index, uh, which is the Dow Jones industrial index, has doubled in five years. You wouldn't really expect that. Uh, even with that dip in 2020, you see this upward curve five years. And, and the curve, if you go back 10 years, it's, it's gone up a lot as well. The Nasdaq, which is the techie stocks, that's almost tripled in five years, way overpriced. Look at some of the, uh, the, the, the stock market debuts. Coinbase, uh, this, this company that... Uh, is is like a, a register for for uh, cryptocurrencies as has just launched after it's only been going twelve years. Do you know what it launched for? Seventy. It's worth seventy six billion dollars. Crazy. It, it doesn't make sense. And you know, people ask me about cryptocurrencies. If you understand it, fine. If you can get in and get it out when you, you like. But I don't see it as an investment. It's just it's pure speculation. You know, you don't say I'm investing in the dollar because I think the dollar is going to go. That's not investment. That's that's forex, foreign exchange uh, dealing. It's it's kind of gambling in a way, and I, I don't see it as an investment. Now look, London is London. Let's go back to London here as, as part, of not just the whole of the UK. London is a, bit, a little bit unique, and we've got overseas buyers coming in from places like Hong Kong, and it's helping to push the price of super prime London property up. Uh, and and sell more of them than in any other place in the world. And in last year, during the lockdown, over 200 properties valued at 10 million or 18 million dollars, 18 million dollars were sold in London, and that's more than any other city, including New York and Paris and all these places. Um, and upmarket estate agent Savills reported that they've sold almost 100 houses valued at more than five million pounds in London. So yeah, London is unique. You know. It's very special. And people from all over the world, you've got people who come in with a suitcase full of cash, buy a property for 10 million, 50 million, and just leave it empty for 10 years. Because, you know, you could call it money laundering, if you like, that that money's safe there. It's out of the hands of the the Russian government or the Chinese government. They're happy to just leave it there. And, you know, that's that's a very different situation from ordinary people. Um, you know, the average property in the in the greater London area is just half a million. It's not you won't find 10 million pound properties in the in these suburbs. And the average property for the rest of the country is half of that. It's only about 250,000 pounds. And there are parts of the UK where you can buy a house for 30,000 pounds. Yes. Um, even less sometimes. Twenty five thousand pounds if, if it needs doing up. And so it's a very 
different markets. You've got from, you know, £25,000 to £50 million to £100 million properties, £200 million properties. It's crazy. But there's always billionaires out there that have got crazy money. In that kind of market, you've always got enough billionaires to buy you know, super yachts for $100 million and properties all over the world. You know, that's a different market. In fact, there's more billionaires in the last year being created than, than, than ever in any other year. Millionaires, billionaires being created by this sort of tech bubble, if you like. In fact, since, since the lockdown, a lot of people are actually moving out of the city centres, but that doesn't affect the £10 million properties. But people are generally moving out of the cities and, and they're, they're creating these places in the West Country and you know miles out of London called Zoom towns where everyone works from home on their computers, providing you can get the Wi-Fi, of course. That's the, the big sticker. Because if, you, if you've got, say, husband and wife working from home, kids doing their homework at home, is the Wi-Fi going to be strong enough? Uh, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. A lot of these places are not linked in with cable connections so they, they may find themselves coming unstuck but yeah there has been a trend of moving out of the cities that's pushed the prices up of properties in the suburbs and beyond and country homes and places in wales and dorset and lovely parts of devon and cornwall yeah sure people want the good life they want to be safe as well now in the uk gdp rose last month it had, it dropped by i think two percent in january and yet yeah, things are starting to recover you know, so the lockdowns kind of opened up a bit this week um, and non-essential shops can open up. Yeah, things are starting to recover. EU trade has recovered after the EU made it almost impossible to send anything into Europe. But they love to send things here, but they didn't want us sending anything to them. Uh, but that seems to have recovered after a shaky post-Brexit start to the year. So, yeah, uh, things are looking up, but there's still a lot of problems out there. And I don't think... Um, with the amount of money that governments are spending, we've got to still figure out a way of how that's going to be repaid in the long run. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet with with even the, the previous Great Recession. There's still a lot of problems there, a lot of overvalued companies, a lot of debt out there. And it only takes one little spark, one little straw that breaks the camel's back for everything to come tumbling down. That's that's the, the worry there. So to just watch out for that. I would be cautious about investing at the moment in, in stocks and shares and property until you unless you really know what you're doing. Now, can you start a business from home to boost your income without capital and without risk? Well, the answer is yes. There are lots of things you can do from home, online businesses and all these sorts of things. But there is also simple businesses you can do. There was a story on, on the news the other day about a guy in East London lost his job during the first lockdown. And he thought, well, I've got to do something about this. So he started a business. He's actually made a small fortune uh, running a home-based business during the last year. He's made much more money than he would have done in his old job. And this is during the lockdown. So what is this business? Is it a high-tech business? No, it's something very simple. What he does, he started a business assembling flat pack furniture, the type of stuff you get from uh, Ikea that I hate. Two of the worst words in the English language for me are self-assembly. I hate it. And he knows that a lot of people don't like it. And that's all he does. He goes to people's houses and assembles their furniture. So it could be shelves, beds, wardrobes, all that sort of stuff. And he's there. All he needs is a few drills and that sort of thing and hammers and tools. So there's no premises. There's no overheads as such. It's just him, maybe a car or a van. Pure profit. Great wonderful story and he's out there getting on with it isn't he he's not sitting there like, oh the lockdown i can't do anything everything's going down so you know dur during uh, the lockdown there was a boom in home improvements a lot of people were at home thought well let let's improve the house but you know they don't like assembling stuff so that's what he's doing and in fact you know he provided a service that people wanted 
and he's making a pile of money putting together simple stuff, furniture for people. Great. Good luck to him. He's done thousands of them, apparently, and, and good luck to him. And in fact, it, it is very difficult at the moment to find handy men and handy women to, to go and do little jobs because they're all very busy. Plumbers, you know, carpenters, all these sorts of people are all very, very busy with people extending and improving their homes. So, so good luck to them. Now, we know that Pubs and restaurants have only just opened and they're not even fully open. A lot of them are not even bothering to open because what's the point of owning a whole pub when there's only you've only got room for a couple of chairs outside? So we know that these sort of restaurants are very vulnerable to any economic downturns, lockdowns, all these sorts of things. So, you know, the, these are situations where you not only lost your business, but you have to keep paying the overheads and the rents. And, and many people are personally liable for leases and rents, so they can bankrupt you if you don't pay it. So, you know, a lot of people are suffering and, and these are not people you hear about. So a lot of self-employed people are not even able to get much government help because they've fallen through the net. At the same time, people running businesses on the Internet or selling stuff online, even big stores are saying we're adapting to this market. We're selling stuff online. You can come and click and collect or we'll deliver it to you. They are booming and they're getting even richer than ever. You know, we've seen, as I said, um, techie people and Jeff Bezos, you know, increase their wealth by billions. And, you know, there's never before been more stuff being bought on the Internet. So even before the pandemic, we saw the amount of business going down each year in the high street. They usually highlight it at Christmas saying this year, X amount more stuff, 20% of stuff will be bought on the internet and 30% then 40%. So more and more people are getting used to this, ordering stuff online. You can see vans everywhere, white van man driving around, delivering stuff to people's houses. Sometimes you see two or three vans in the same street delivering to several houses. It's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, with shops, you've also got high rents. You've got more taxes to pay. Competition from Amazon and Shopify have driven large retailers like Debenhams out of business and forced John Lewis to shut close shops for, for the first time in history, 70% of its stores in the UK. And these businesses have been around for hundreds of years and, it, and it's all changed. So what can you do? How can you get online? Well, in fact, the internet has actually given small businesses the little guy, if you like, the chance to get on, on, get a business, build a business and get online and compete with the big, the big players. Right. Because before you couldn't get a shop in the high street for love nor money in a, in a prime position because the Debenhams, the, 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 the big stores, the Apple store, the, all the big companies would grab those prime spaces and landlords would rather rent to Debenhams uh, or John Lewis or Apple than Joe Bloggs. It's, I've got this idea to run a pound store. No, we'll, we'll let it to Poundland, but not you, mate. Sorry. So it's been very difficult. But, you know, they took all the best sites in the malls and everything. And, and small re retailers were actually driven to the wall by the likes of Tesco's and the supermarkets who would open up a big Tesco's in the area, undercut them ruthlessly until they'd gone out of business. Then they said, well, we're not happy with that. We want all the corner stores as well. We don't like these people taking our business away. So we're going to set up Tesco Metros and Sainsbury's Locals and, and Asda Locals. And, and they've taken all the corner, the best corners places now. So but that's my rant about the big companies. But now you can set up an online business risk-free uh, for virtually nothing from home, running in your spare time. You know, you might be at home, you've got more time, you may have been laid off. And you can sell to a potential market of five, six billion people on the online at any one time. And you can use companies like Amazon, Shopify, or you can do your own thing. They've, the reason they're so big 
is that they're giving small retailers a chance to sell their goods online and they're taking a commission for it. Simple as that. They're not selling all of their own stuff online. They they help little people set up shops online and, and then they people can order stuff from China and, and Amazon do the shipping, the fulfillment, the selling, and they take 30, 40% of the profit. It's like my book. I don't go around uh, printing this book and posting it at the post office. If someone orders this book online from Amazon, Amazon just post it out and ship it. And I, I don't get a, a big amount for each book. It's pennies, but it's getting out there. You know, so so Amazon do that. And Amazon has enabled people, you know, whereas before, if I went to a publisher and said, well, I want to publish my book. So, oh, I don't know. You know, we're not going to take that risk. But if I just pay for it myself, get it on Amazon myself, it's there, isn't it? It's out there. I don't have to rely on uh, publishers and, you know, getting rejection letters from 50 publishers. No, I just get it out there. So, so, so it's, it's enabled smaller businesses to just get out there. So, so what can you do? Now, you might have your own product that you sell through a physical business, you may have an idea for a business. But the main thing is, I'll give you three three quick steps if you like. First of all, sell solutions to people's problems. Don't sell stuff that you think might be out there in the market and people want this because your relatives told you it's a great idea. Like the guy assembling flat back furniture. He saw a little thing in the market, said, yeah, I can do this. There are lots of people ordering stuff on, on from Ikea and, and furniture places. That's something that people want. Now, he saw a gap in the market, but you can also check if you've got an idea for a product, check on places like Google, see how many people are searching for solutions to, to, the, to the product that you want to sell. So if, if you think I, I've invented this this gadget or this course or, or whatever, and you think there's a market for this, I know there's a market for this, go and see how many people actually search for this. Uh, now, for instance, millions of people want to be slimmer and healthier. That's one of the major niches on online marketing, especially in these times where people are putting on weight during lockdown. Now, according to WordStream, that's another service you can use, WordStream, make a note of that. Um, you know, at any one time, 450,000 people have, could be searching for how to lose weight on the Internet. And worldwide, it's probably millions. Another key word is, is diet, lose weight fast. You can check these things on Twitter as well. And that's just one niche. That's a major niche. So if you're going to get into um, online selling, at least go into the niches that maybe already sell. Um, and, and then you can drill down within that niche, uh, maybe to lose weight fast or lose weight uh, through exercise or whatever it is. You can drill down into that niche. But go for things that people are already buying and already want and need rather than trying to invent your own niche. Uh, and, and maybe risk a lot of money on it. So you can literally see how many people are searching for keywords by checking on Google or WordStream or another site called Mondovo, M-O-N-D-O-V-O, -O, absolutely free. And again, market research like this used to be very expensive and only exclusive to uh, the, the big people. Now you can get up and running with a business without necessarily hiring uh, an expensive web site developer. Uh, there's a company called Groove Funnels. They offer a free uh, intro to, to it. Uh, absolutely free. You can set up your own funnel very easily, your own website uh, with a company called Groove Funnels. I'm putting a link up here at the bottom of this page. Right. Now, step two, set up your online business. I would say get it up and running today. Why not just give it a go? What have you got to lose? You can get a free website service with Groove. You can try your idea out. You can uh, research it and just get it get it going. Uh, it's very, very easy. You don't need expensive website. I mean, when I was in business, we spent £10,000 on a website. This is going back 10 or 15 years ago, but it was a lot of money to get it set up. And now 
I, I could have done the similar sort of thing for free with GrooveFunnels. Uh, and I'm, I'm putting a link to that. Uh, so so give, give that a go. You can build a simple website with GrooveFunnels. They've got template pages. So you see a picture. You say, oh, I like the look of that. Click on it. Drag that in. Put your own wording in. Do a bit of editing. Publish it. There you go. You might need a domain. You could buy a domain through them. You can have your own domain. It's, it's very simple. Now, it takes, it takes a bit of work. You've got to set it up. But what a funnel is, is more than just a, a website. A funnel is like a sales process. So a normal website is a brochure page. It's like a shop window. People go past, have a look, walk out. Or like they walk into a shop, have a look around, they're, they're out. That's what most people do on a website. But on a funnel, you're putting something up that may attract them to... Uh, to stay on your website and maybe click on a button and find out more. Give their email address so you can build up your email list, right? Uh, so if you go into a website that says, um, would you like to find out how you can lose weight in 30 days or how you can lose 10 pounds in 30 days? And you think, yeah, I like, yes, I'd like to find out more. Okay, click here for my free report and then you're in, right? Uh, people are are then going to get this free report and that that then gives them you've got a sales pitch there to, uh, to 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 put your idea out in in a more detailed way. So so that that that's that gives people more of a chance to to, to sell their product to you than just a normal uh, website. So do you see what I mean here, right? Uh, just build a simple website. Don't spend like hundreds of pounds and, and weeks getting getting it. Just just go on and try. You can open up a free account with them. No credit card required. You don't need to put your credit card details in, and you can set up your your page very quickly. So as I said, a funnel is is a page which uh, grabs your attention, uh, encourages you to maybe give your details or ask for a callback or something like that. It's not just a normal page. And then decide what you're going to sell, how you get started, do your research. A lot of people have products already that they're selling in other ways. So, so definitely give that a try. Uh, and that, that's your step three. And, and remember, if you don't have a product, you can always sell other people's products. That's what, in, in effect, Amazon do, Shopify, Groupon do, uh, Booking.com, for instance, uh, they're one of the biggest uh, in, in the, the hotel market. They don't run hotels. They, they sell other people's hotel rooms, similar with Air, Airbnb. Uh, Amazon, I said, helps millions of retailers sell their stuff and authors sell their stuff on the on their site for a commission. Um, similar thing with <clears throat> Uber. You know, it's, it's a very similar thing. It's, 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 it's uh, called affiliate marketing. Uh, insurance agents are affiliate marketing people. They sell products on behalf of insurance companies for a commission or, or a fee. So if you want to start earning today, look at GrooveFunnels. They'll also pay you a commission to recommend their GrooveFunnel system as well, uh, their software to your friends and family. So you maybe have earned a bit of money from them. But there's, there are thousands of affiliate products out there and, and they're also listed on, on Groove as well. But you can find lots of products to sell, Commission Junction, um, uh, oh, there's, there's loads of sites. Just Google affiliate commission, affiliate products to sell. And there are just so many out there. So here's the best part. It's risk free, no investment capital required, no remortgaging your house to buy a shop or to open up a factory. Uh, and, and you're not risking everything to set up a physical business. And you can get started right away. So what have you got to lose? Give it a try. And, and as I said, GrooveFunnels is lifetime free access 
but it will only be on offer, I think, for a, for a limited period. Uh, they, they, they have got plans to start charging for this very thing, uh, which they're giving away free now. But I think by the end of the year, they'll start charging at least $99 a month. Then that's a lifetime charge. So I'm in. I, I'm in there for life without having to pay a monthly fee. And you don't even need a credit card. So have a look at that and, and just just get get started. I think get trying. Just give it a try. Uh, I put a link there. Give it a go and have a, have a have a good get get yourself maybe a, a part time income. Maybe you can earn uh, enough to to replace your job eventually. And then then you're really living the good life. Maybe the laptop like laptop lifestyle that you've always dreamed of. Because then you can work from anywhere in the world. So thanks for listening. And uh, and and I hope to speak to you soon again. Uh, this is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate, and enjoy more money. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 